Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Vandeveer, here with your other host, Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and today we would love to talk to you about the idea of spiritual ambition. (laughs) 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 What it is and how uh, it can affect us. And honestly, we're, we're kind of winging this whole thing. So we're not even sure as what it is. As we always gonna, do. <laughs> we're going to try and define it as we go and then and then just discuss it. <laughs> how did this idea come about? Uh, yeah, where did this idea? It's been percolating for a while. For those who, who know me and know Ayurveda can take one look at me and know I'm a pit of physiology, right? <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't take much. They just, I, I actually was going to this, uh, makers fair last weekend. And, um, this woman was, was selling Ayurvedic skincare and she took one look at me and she was like, Oh my God, you need all the Pitta stuff. She's like, you're super Pitta. And she just starts handing me like this, these tonics and stuff. And I was like, thanks. But for those of you who don't know about Ayurveda, what Pitta means, it's like the fiery constitution. And so for, from a skincare, it means I'm really, really pink all the time. (laughs) There's a lot of inflammation and, and and that's due to the fire. And, but there's a personality that goes with someone who's a pit of physiology. And it's very, it's a very determined personality. It's someone who has a lot of drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's someone who has a lot of, they, and it can have a lot of ambition, right? It's yeah. someone, you know, people, th- those kind of type A kind of, you know, really wanting to, be a perfectionist and they're uh, good leaders they're good leaders they're good leaders yeah they they i don't know that they're always fun to be around. <laughs> when they're in balance they are when they're in balance they're actually super loving and um well and, i think all of the physiologies yeah, all balance, in balance are worse like run for your life right <laughs> right. right but pitta folks you know there's there can be anger and it's it's a it's a specific personality so anyway so i being pitta tend to have this trait where, you know, as a, as a child, I wanted to get A's on everything. Um, I tend to be very ambitious and, and want to do well and always sort of, it can be co- a competitive as I've, I've had to reconcile with this field of being a, a meditation teacher with this other part of me, which has this ambitious side and how, how that relates in some ways, it's a good thing. Like I remember someone asked Tom about why all the rishis and the piranhas in the stories were grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> grumpy and like people. And, and they're happens. angry and they're cursing everybody like back and forth. And he said- Curse you to a human life. <laughs> <laughs> or a, you know, a rakshas. But I do love like, oh, you're cursed to be a human. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh God, no, just kill me right away. Yeah. And then they feel bad and they're like, well, okay, just like a few days of being a baby. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's 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 hard enough. Just a few days. <laughs> so um I someone asked them this and it was uh and his answer was, well, they're all pitta. You know that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, they're pitta because you know it takes that that pitta drive gets them to that point. So to some degree, it's it's a good thing. It can help propel you. You know, the pitta person is like, yeah, I'm going to do 85 rounds today. And I mean, that's Tom. Tom is Tom is that too. Super He's pitta. super pitta. That's what I think one of the things that really got him to where he is like, oh, I have to do 
500 days of 14 rounds a day. Right. Okay, I'll do it. I yeah. want to be the I'll best. I want to be the best. <laughs> exactly. So that so it does come in handy to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh but um but on the flip side, it can it can also pull you back in some ways because it puts you in a competitive mindset because it puts you in a sort of future oriented mindset. It can and, be isolating as well. Right. It can be isolating. So we have this, once again, we're, we're, we're talking about a balance and one of these things where it's like, both are true. It's both good and not good. Uh, so, you know, and we talked about this before in terms of, I, I remember in saying Santosha, remember the concept of contentment, without enlightenment is the most dangerous thing. Yeah. Right. So, so contentment, santosha, meaning, you know, being somewhat complacent and content is a good thing so long as you're enlightened, but without it, you, you, we need a little bit of nudging, right? We need a little bit of, of wanting to push us to the next stage. Um, then our storyline is if you're content, there's nothing to strive for. There's nothing to keep you moving. We want some seeking. Mm-hmm. We want some seeking, but not so much that we are not able to find fulfillment exactly where we are. Yeah, it's a very delicate balance. It's, yeah, it's an interesting thing. This is what we want to discuss. Is like, to how much are, are you supposed to be sort of wanting? Because we always talk about we suffering is is wanting a different experience than what you're having right now. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be in a suffering mindset. However, we also want to embrace the seeking if we're not enlightened yet. Yeah. So so we're we're working between these two things that seem like opposites. But as we know with this stuff, th- things that seem like opposites usually are not opposites once we reach a certain state of consciousness. So so we want to have that that wonder and honest seeking while also not rejecting our current experience. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm digesting what you just said. And have you ever had impatience, like enlightenment and patience? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's days when I'm just like, oh, come on. I just want to get there already, right? <laughs> like, come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't want to deal with what I'm dealing. Why Why am I still struggling? What right. can I do to fast track it? Yeah. like, But but I think about like the a flower, the way it blooms. Like you have a, a rose that's a, like a tight bud. And it's going to bloom. And if you could imagine it, if it like was to bloom too fast, it would probably tear. Mm-hmm. So we have this process that we're experiencing, this this storyline that is helping us on our blooming process. And it's all unfolding, right? It's a beautiful unfolding. The story is unfolding. Our, our awakening is unfolding. And yet we want to go straight from tight bud to full bloom. Like we want to yeah. get to the end. And as we start to, the more we meditate, it's almost like you can see where it's going. Mm-hmm. Don't you ha- you can see the hilltop off in the distance. You're like, I know it's there. I just want to beam right there. So we want to have that destination in our mind while also realizing that there's a, there's a journey that's happening yeah. and that we don't want to rush the journey. We want to have the full unfolding. And so when we have those days when we just want to get there, those are the times where it's like, look, we can, we want to, to keep moving, but we also want to enjoy, you know, the, the rose that's, that's a bud is just as beautiful as the rose that's fully bloomed. Mm-hmm. Like it's all beautiful at all those stages. Um, 
and to, to be okay with that. And, and also to not compare, like, this is not a comparative process. We don't ever want to like look at somebody else and get enlightenment envy, <laughs> you know, so you can look and be like, Oh, how come? Like, I want to be there. And, and we don't, that's not, it is all one, right? It's all one thing and everything is evolving at its own pace and everything is a lot closer than we think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, the, the, the non-meditator and the meditator, like, two snaps away yeah. in their process and, and it's like you've you're you're in the trenches but not always there's times where you feel yeah. like you're more in the trenches and then there's times where you're floating and maybe the person who was floating when you were in the trenches is now because it's an yeah. ongoing process it's happening all the time and what you were saying about the flower i found really interesting because sometimes like i just want this whatever i'm going through to to be over I just want to be fine mm -hmm. but you have to go through the process and you know when we were going through our stuff you know each of us were, we were in the trenches for different reasons and we were like, <laughs> let's take a trip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do something and that trip was fantastic it was so so healing it moved so many things and it was all like being in the trenches was worth it because of the storyline and how that trip really, yeah. really hugged our hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely had a contrast experience. Yeah, you know, got to feel feel what it felt like to unfold out of that mm -hmm. together. Which is another thing; it's like that vulnerability that comes with being in the trenches gives you the capacity to connect with others. Like, yeah. that vulnerability is where we connect, right? Very few people are hanging out with each other talking about how great everything is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm fantastic. Are you fantastic? Let's be fantastic <laughs> together. I know, which is also fine if you're there. No worries. But like that, that vulnerability is, um, it's, there's a beauty in it and there's a connection in that. And um, I was reading something recently that really stuck with me. It was nature is never always in bloom. Mm -hmm. Like nature blooms and then fades and blooms with it. It's, it's supposed to go in this cycle. And so us too, we're not always supposed to be in full bloom. Right? Yeah. Like we can have these times where we feel in, in the process of, of awakening. It's like we, we sometimes feel like we fully embody it and then we lose it and then we find it again and we lose it. And there's a, there's this ebbing and flowing with everything. And so it's, a lot of us feel like we should be in this full bloom all the time, have this picture in our minds of like, this is what life is supposed to look like. This is what, you know, this is what happiness is going to look like. And so to the degree that I can match this picture in my mind, it, things are good. Yeah. So, so we want to get out of that mindset and get into that embracing whatever it is we're experiencing um, while also embracing that it's an evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. It's kind of both. The vulnerability aspect, I, it took me years to actually get it. I think I'm still in the process of getting it, but you know, as, as a meditator, you have a certain expectation of what your life should be like. And mm -hmm. as a teacher, I think even more so. 
um, you know, I had this expectation that coming back from IT, it's going to be enlightened and everything was going to be great. And <laughs> it still happens. I mean, there are great moments. And of course, you have better tools to manage. But I kind of was embarrassed at times of not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And so I used to isolate myself and kind of suffer in silence. And I was like, no, I need to be good for my students. I need to be in this great space to hold them. But what really made me, you know, when the universe has given me its, its slap Vedic smackdowns, <laughs> <laughs> as it tends to do, um, it has really allowed myself to be vulnerable and open about what's actually happening. And that's what's really made me connect and much more deeper with many people, including us in our trip. And yeah. now when when you go through these things, for example, I had a panic attack. Um, I told you this a uh, few months back and I never had a panic attack. And I was like, I've been meditating for 12 years. How is this possible? That's how deep stress can be stored. Um, yeah. <laughs> not everybody's case. Um, but now when I have students who actually have panic attacks, I actually know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. yeah. able to, and I'm able to connect with them in, in a much deeper way than I would have in any other situation because I, I actually understand. And so I can actually support them a lot better and, um, and tell them whatever worked for me. Yeah, I find that too. It seems like every time I go through something, it immediately is relevant for, for a student. And I'm just like, yeah. am I just previewing? Like, like, is this literally just giving me the toolkit? Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was reading something else recently. I wish I could actually remember the sources of what I'm quoting. But <laughs> it was, um, the trick is to to feel sad without being sad. Mm, I love that. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating because what that means, <laughs> it's, it sounds like one of those, you know, uh, you know, enigma parable type things. But um, what it means is to have that, that to be established in being. So at your core, you're always fine, mm -hmm. but it's still allow, you're still allowing yourself to feel humanity and, and feel that it's like being in the in the big ocean of self while simultaneously being in the wave of self mm -hmm. the wave of self feeling sad and the ocean of self the being is always fine mm -hmm. and that to me gets me out of this mindset of i'm supposed to be feeling a certain way mm -hmm. so we can be established in being and feel anything feel a panic attack feel sad feel anger feel these things and it's good to feel them because that's what's going to make us, um, that adds that uh, vulnerability aspect uh, that lets us connect with others and let us, lets us actually be relevant to each other. As, as you're saying, I think both experiences are equally important. Big self-experience, small self-experience. Because sometimes we, as you were saying before, we only want to be in the big self. And mm -hmm. so what happens with that is that we become too detached and our storyline kind of be, starts to be a little flat and a little boring. Yeah. Um, 
And so we want to, we want to be able to experience, you know, and experience the sadness, but not just the sadness. You know, we want to experience all of it. More and more, I've come to the realization that the doing is not what matters. (laughs) It's all about how it's, 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 who are you? What are you embodying? Whatever you're doing you bring that to it mm-hmm. like every relationship you have is a is a process of offering yourself yeah whatever's inside you it's it's always or every job or you're always just offering yourself so it's it's about what are you offering to the world what are you offering to the people in your life that's all that's important doesn't matter what you're doing mm-hmm. the doing is just a pretense yeah. for the connection and the contact with others and this idea of this offering. The more I've had my awareness expand through meditation, the more humbled I feel, the more I feel the same as everybody else to some degree. Yeah. And the more I feel like it's not about me. So much of that that competitive mindset is is very self-centered. Yeah. At least for me. It's no, been. absolutely. It's like this week that I'm teaching at the cancer center. Mm-hmm. I felt a little like that. I felt very humbled because these women are cancer survivors and they're so deeply connected. And I feel like they're just warriors of life. They've been through a lot and there's just a, a, such a beauty to them. And I almost feel a little ridiculous. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm here to teach you about life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt too. When I was teaching um, you know, my friend who had cancer and when I was teaching in the homeless community, it was very similar. I felt like what, you know, here I am teaching and these people are, have mastered the ability to survive under such extreme circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, was, I was a little bit like, all right, I, like you said, I'm like, you're masters of life and, and here I am to teach you. But, but also, you know, what we have to teach is so much bigger than us. Yeah. You know, we haven't necessarily experienced what they've experienced. We we are teaching a body of knowledge and and we are just a bead and a mala of a lineage mm-hmm. that we're bringing to others. Yeah. So when we teach we're not really it's not really like Isabel is teaching yeah. or Kristen is teaching. Though <laughs> we but that that's what's interesting though is we have to bring that vulnerability in our personal stories to it in order to make it relatable yeah uh the the teaching itself is is universal and much bigger Mm -hmm. than us as individuals i was thinking about how this concept of status Mm -hmm. and how true status is something you just experience yeah jake or dave (laughs) people who are masters they don't need anyone else's awareness of their mastery. It's just something that they experience as themselves. Yeah. And so people who are seeking status, if you're really seeking status, it means you don't have it yet. Yeah. And status is not something that can be achieved through external measures. It's a little like enlightenment. If you're thinking how enlightened you are, you're not really there. (laughs) 
That's why I don't think about it at all. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your beautiful point. <laughs> Perfect. I remember I used to work at this um at this women's collected like working place where all these women came together and they do stuff and you could tell the difference between there's the 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 people who are there the women that were there that were seeking to to find who they were mm -hmm. and what they were doing and then there's the ones who actually were doing what they were doing mm -hmm. but the difference was there was a confidence that came with the ones that had a awareness of who they were and were working for the mission it wasn't about themselves and there were some who really you could tell the ones who were seeking, they wanted to feel that gratification of being of a certain status. Yeah. But the the ones that that had that self-awareness, you could tell weren't thinking about that. They weren't thinking of themselves at all. Mm -hmm. They were just thinking about, well, I have this thing, this mission that I feel very deeply for, and I'm just working for that. So when we don't want to work for status status is like a, a the effect of a yeah. conscious state yeah right does that make sense it's like status is not the goal it's it will come but it's also it's an eternal experience mm -hmm. that that we don't need anyone else to acknowledge our status or even be aware of our status it's it's a feeling of of self-awareness really and those who are self-aware get given missions absolutely I'm, I'm processing i love what you're saying <laughs> this is all I, this is coming to me right now so if it doesn't make sense you can edit it out no it but, absolutely makes sense i'm i'm loving this because it, it it feels like um we want that like people who write books for example some people i've heard say like i want to write a book i'm like well do you, what about I just want to write a book. They want they want to have this they want to be an author. They want to be acknowledged as someone who has something to say. But it's like, well, what do you have to say? You know, that's people who write really good books. It's not because they want to be an author necessarily. It's because they have something inside them that they want to get out. You know, something is they're channeling something. So we want to be open vessels for channeling. Mm -hmm. Because that's where greatness comes from. It's not us as individuals. You know, we we clear the way in our consciousness for something to come through. Yeah. And that status, if we want big status, it's that. It's not us as individuals anyway. That's why people who are really doing big things, and that doesn't necessarily mean famous people. There's lots of people on the local level who are doing big things. They don't see it as them. There's no ego in it. They're Even just great artists say that, you know, right. They're like, this isn't me. I've somehow made space within me to, to let this come through. Yeah. I'm just channeling whatever's coming. I have the pen and the paper to write it down. So we all have actually the same status because we're all one. Mm -hmm. It's just to what degree do, are we aware of our own status? And once we're aware of it, we don't care about status anymore. Yeah. It's like Punya. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Punya is yeah. our, our spiritual marriage. And I used to think of punya being like, oh, if I do good things, then I'm going to get a high punya. But it's actually how aware, how aware are you that you are the universe? 
And so to that degree of awareness is your spiritual merit. And the doing good things comes from that. Exactly. So we always get this reverse. It's like, oh, well, do good. And then you'll get spiritual merit. It's like, no, you're in that high state of consciousness and spontaneously you will act in alignment with whatever your consciousness state is. So the consciousness state is first, who we are is first. And so if if you are someone who does have this kind of ambitious side and does want to grow quickly, um, it's a good idea to realize, look, this isn't about what anyone else knows or thinks of you because once you're there, no, it's not going to matter anyway. It's about if you do want to evolve quickly, then how do you get the stress out of your system? <laughs> yeah. like do those things and then let the rest go. You know, to me, it's, it's, it's always about once you've done your meditation and you're doing the purification things in, in, to me, it's, there's the gross level pur- purification, which is like eating good, making sure you're getting sleep. Um, and then there's the, the subtle purification, which is our meditation. You don't do that. Then all action falls from there. We let go and surrender and, and then wherever nature wants to take us, it may take us to a place where we're very loud, lauded, Mm -hmm. where we're celebrated or it may not that's what's interesting like not everybody who reaches a high state of consciousness is going to be famous for it i think most people aren't most aren't most aren't it's not necessarily going to to put you on the map of successful traditionally successful individual yeah uh but it will be putting you in a place where you're doing the most good yeah, most evolutionary process. And that's one of the reasons we're talking about this today, because as especially us fellow Pitta folks who want to get an A plus <laughs> um, have to let go of what it might look like. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of jumping off that point to surrender to the story of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because we have an, an idea of, you know, when when I reach that state of consciousness and kind of everything will fall into place and life will continue to happen, you know? Yeah. Didn't Tom give a good surfer analogy? Why don't you? Yeah. Um, Cause I, I, we, if we talk about karma and Kriya, karma is, you know, action that has friction. Mm-hmm. The, the, the curse sound is action and Kriya is, you know, frictionless action. And so, we were, and the question came about because we've talked about this a lot, you and I, um, about how actions will continue to happen because that's that's life, that's the story of our life. But is it actually karma? Because we tend to think about karma as you know things that have to happen to us because of you know not getting things right, and so it's like kind of that shaping us, and it's yeah. so like oh, right now I'm in a you know karma situation or whatever. But is it really, what's really making it karma? Is is the karma the action or is it our idea or are, are the boundaries, are they in the action or are they in our state of consciousness? Are they in our mind? Mm-hmm. So I asked Tom about this um, in the New York retreat day and he gave us, you know, he loves surfing. So he always gives uh, ocean analogies, which are lovely. It's like, if you know when the when the surf comes there's like seven or eight waves that are coming and so if you don't know what you're doing 
they're gonna drown you you know you're gonna get hit by a wave and then you come up for air and another wave's coming and that's kind of the karma uh, of the situation but if you have skill and you have knowledge you kind of know how to get out of that you know out of those waves and learn how to surf the waves and so the same action now brings you kriya mm -hmm. so if you life will continue to happen because it's 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 changing all the time it's like a river that's flowing so what we want to understand is how can we get those boundaries that in our mind that change from karma to kriya mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like um to go with another water analogy you know we always talk about car karma as being you're in the rapids hitting the rocks and then kriya is being kind of the smooth part of the river in the center mm -hmm. so when you go to the rocks you're in karma you want to get to the center however what to nuance it a little bit more it's almost like once you've reached a higher state of consciousness, you can still go into the rapids, but now you're in them to show mastery, mm -hmm. demonstrate that you can go through rapids and be fine. So it's not like the rocks are going to go away necessarily. And it's not like the river is going to always be smooth. It's going to have, it's going to have rocks, but it's still going to be fric frictionless because you have mastery of life mm -hmm. and the rocks are going to show up. So you can actually demonstrate what it's like. And I found that more and more, as we were talking about earlier, as a teacher, like I'll go through something and then it's immediately turns into a lesson. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm getting rocks, but they're rocks that are letting me feel the contrast of what we were talking about, having that feeling sad while not being sad mm -hmm. and learning how to take these experiences of rapids and, and demonstrate, well, this is how you get through rapids exactly. <laughs> with, without, without, falling out of the boat and dare i say at some point even kind of have fun with it right well anytime i was talking about this in my recent group med about demands we don't want demands to cease yeah that's boring it's a very it's 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 what we grew up that's what we've indoctrinated is trying to get enough money so we don't have to worry about so we can just pay away any demands that come up, you know, be healthy. So we don't have any physical demands. Like really the, the idea is like limit, eliminate demands, mm -hmm. but demands never go away. Uh, so what we want is to be able to have a masterful interaction with demands. Cause that's actually fun. That's why people do puzzles and games. It's like, you want to have the experience of having, having a demand come and masterfully interact with it. It actually feel, gives you confidence gives you variety it's it's an enjoyable experience so as we ha gain mastery of life even when we hit these rapids periods of life we can show that there can be enjoyment in navigating them and um yeah and that's what i'm trying to learn right now <laughs> <laughs> it's like when we asked tom tom did it ever get easier right. and he was like no you just get stronger yeah yeah, it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger in a sense, making it easier. Exactly. And you, yeah, you, you get to, you get to have more fun with it once you, you know, you're not going to stop feeling sad. Sad is part of it, but you're not going to, as you, I loved because being, it's not, you're not in the sadness. It's not overpowering you. It's like, I can feel it, but that's not the only thing that I'm feeling. Right. And I'm witnessing it internally as I'm feeling it. So there's yeah. a part of me that is almost enjoying 
the storyline aspect of it. It's like the actor and the director you can experience simultaneously. So there's the actor small self part who's going through the story and then you can feel that director that's like, oh, that's great. More mm -hmm. tears. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ham it up a bit. Come on, more drama. Exactly, exactly. So it, this is all so nuanced though. And, and but to me, that's getting at those finer and finer distinctions is what, what I find is helpful because sometimes it's when we think of things too much as like, oh, it's supposed to be this. And yet I'm experiencing this. Mm -hmm. As a meditator, I'm not supposed to feel sad. I'm supposed to show, you know, this, this face to the world all the time. Um, that's not, that's not exactly right. And then uh, when we think we're supposed to be a certain way and are, we're experiencing something else, then all kinds of cyclical thoughts about, well, I'm not right. And none of this, there's never every, you're not right. It's just where you're at. To what extent are you enjoying and experiencing whatever point in the storyline you're in right now? It's the how, not the what. Yeah. Uh, that's I find that so freeing. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find it freeing because it, it as someone who's, whose whole childhood was about trying to be a certain way and achieve, be a, a real overachiever. Yeah. It's really nice to be like, it's whatever is happening is okay. Yeah. Just it's like my therapist always says, which I find really funny, that kind of through the years, because of survival, because that's what we do, I build kind of a character of what, you know, Izzy is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great character, by the way. <laughs> it's like, you know, Izzy is really nice, and Izzy is jolly all the time, and Izzy blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it got to a point where, well, that's not who I was anymore. And so to kind of break that and actually allow myself to just be whatever it is. She asked me today, it was really funny, like, what do you feel like you're now? And I was like, a work in progress. <laughs> I've never told you this before, but I, when I like fell in love with you, <laughs> was one of the first times I saw you break character yeah it was wow. you know because you presented very much the character as you described like that I love everybody I'm friendly I'm you know Izzy's teddy bear you know? and then I think it was the first time I heard you bitching about something else and I was like oh she's complicated <laughs> it's like I like this there's more going on under there than she's showing it totally I, I I don't know. It was I had all these waves of I was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna like this girl. <laughs> I love that. I didn't so know it was, that. It was actually you breaking your character. Yeah. That helped me to to and in some ways when you have shown your vulnerability, it, it shows like this much more well-rounded individual. Yeah. So we it's true. We do put our our whatever that character is that we've written for ourselves and so and then some of us haven't written it some of us our parents wrote the character and so yeah. we're still trying to live the the role of the the character that's been written for us um but really embracing who we are means embracing all those that we're a much more complex character than yeah. we put in our our minds and that's kind of the picture i talk about it's like trying to meet the picture yeah I don't know how well i meet the picture like i've created the character and i've always been stumbling to even fit the character <laughs> I've created for myself which just goes to show how not me it is of course and 
what I've found is how liberating it's been to kind of just drop it. Yeah. To just be like, all right, this this hot mess is what you get. Exactly. And it's changing all the time. Yeah, that's true. Very rapidly. I guess the, 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 the more, the close, you know, the further along in your evolution, the more change there is. So the more you're who you are on the outside is going to start morphing rapidly, but it's good. It's good. People like, and that's, what's interesting. It's ironic because we think we create these characters that are going to get approval that people are going to like more, but really it's, it's, it's when you're just yourself and you're not competitive with anyone else. And you just, your awareness when you're with someone is not on your own. Like, Oh, what am I being perceived as? Am I fitting my character? It's on the other person directly. You, all those things that you thought you want that character was going to bring you happen because you're so much more likable <laughs> exactly like what you were saying about me being bitchy it's so funny because i've heard that so many times Bitchy we like we like truth we like yeah just being real because that's when we really connect bitchy yes <laughs> like she's here I'm like oh she's here to stay (laughs) oh that's great it just shows you know you're well you're 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 both you're everything you're real and 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 for me I I I think sometimes when we drop that character we're like well who is who am I you have a little bit of a disorientation it's like Jim Carrey I think I've told you this before if not I'll I'll send you the video but they're interviewing him He's talking about depression and he was like depression is when you're depressed it's because you need deep rest from the character mm-hmm. that you've been playing oh interesting mm-hmm. oh think about think about the mental energy it takes to to be that mm-hmm. you know, that's interesting to think yeah. about that. you, it, you can drop a lot of that mm-hmm. and, and, to and him it came when he played you know, Andy Kaufman and I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey and he's a big meditator. Um, when he played uh Andy Kaufman in Man on the Moon, mm. it was yeah. so deep in character. And then when the movie finished, he was like, Okay, how do I come back to Jim Carrey? And he was like, Who's Jim Carrey? It's his character <laughs> that I've been playing. Like, that's not me. And it kind of hit That's him. fascinating. That's fascinating. So in, in order to get out like he was playing a character so deeply that he realized his own self was a character mm-hmm. yeah uh, well I think about all the things that take energy that that is zapping us because I'm always looking for ways of getting more energy yeah. <laughs> and um that this the irony of being competitive that being ambitious is actually going to be counterproductive to whatever it is goals you might have mm-hmm. um and letting those goals be not your individual goals yeah. I think it's another thing because if it's not your goal, it's gonna it's gonna happen, right? The way I think about it is I imagine myself as the personal assistant of an eccentric millionaires. Mm-hmm. And I'm being given assignments. You know, she wants this, all right, I'm gonna make this happen. And I'm like, whatever she wants is gonna happen. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I can let go of this idea of like, all right, I need this to ha- I have this goal and I wanna achieve it. Uh, because I'm like, well, it's her goal. It's her goal. And because it's hers, that big self, her, it's going to happen. Hmm. Um, she might use someone else, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to happen. So I don't have to worry about it happening. And if if it seems like the goal is not happening, well, then it 
it wasn't mine anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it feels like I'm disappointed that it's not happening, well, then my individuality's gotten in there. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, then that shows that I, this wasn't really, this is my individuality. This is about something personal, which means there's something lacking. There's some ignorance in me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm needing this for my small self, but we know we don't need anything on the external for our small self. So, so a lot of my ambition, I go through this process where it's like, all right, something's not coming. I have a goal. I'm going for it. It's not happening. Then to whatever degree I'm disappointed, my individuality's in there. And, you know, it might still be her goal, but I've let my individuality like glom onto it. Yeah. And um, so I say, all right, if it's not happening, that's okay. Cause it's, it's, it's her thing. Mm-hmm. And if she's changed her mind, then she's changed her mind. Cause she's eccentric. I don't know what the hell she's doing. I'm just the person. <laughs> she may want something one day and then she's like, Nope, I want something else. And that's, that's, you know, that's great. So I, I don't, I don't know if this is making any sense, but me as an ambitious goal oriented individual has had to adopt this mental process in order to very quickly drop the disappointment mm-hmm. and get into the storyline of, all right, we always know when something isn't happening, that's because something else is happening. Mm-hmm. So I also go from, all right, this isn't happening to, all right, this isn't happening. That's because something else is coming. So immediately eyes to the horizon, like, yeah. Let go of whatever you thought was happening. What is coming? Something bigger is probably coming. Like it, if, if this isn't happening, that means something else is, is coming and that's going to be great too. And I just don't know what it is yet. And this, it's amazing how much I ha- I think this way internally in order to uh, let go, let go, let go. And um, it's taken me years. I'm much more practiced at it now. Mm-hmm. And uh that's helped a lot for this is an episode for all those people who really are in that, you know, even people are missions that are bigger than themselves. You know, that, that it's not about them. They still have these big missions that are to help others and they're frustrated. It's like, I know I could do this thing that would help so many people and it's not working. Like us with meditation without borders. <laughs> you think <laughs> I was referring to that. <laughs> it's finally happening, but it but, is happening, but, but yeah, now that it's happening, I kind of get why it didn't happen before. We needed a lot more training. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It was happening. It was just, it. the flower was blossoming. It was a slower blossoming flower yeah. than we expected. And, and we were babies when we wanted to do this. Baby initiators. I know. I know. And what's funny is I, I now that things are happening, I know it's not my individual because I don't really care in a weird way. I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's happening somehow. And I'm a little bummed about that. (laughs) (laughs) I want to feel like a little more. I'm like, I don't care. Like, damn, that's what I mean by like, if you're ambitious, you can spiritual ambition. Once you get there, it doesn't, it won't matter to you. So you can just drop the whole thing right now (laughs) and save yourself a lot of anguish. Yeah. (laughs) and and knowing that that it's all unfolding that the unfolding is happening with that the river is moving you don't have to push it yeah. right you just have to listen and do the practice listen do the practice and do those spontaneous actions and then watch the whole thing and who knows where you're going to end up you may be you know a big time author who's got you know doing ted talks and this whole thing or you may be a small 
town barista who happens to be giving love to every person who comes in every morning for their coffee. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know what coffee they're ordering because they're just there for the love dose. And that's having a huge impact on all these people. And nobody knows it. Even the people receiving it don't know it, but it's still great. So um, when and when our ego's in it, who, what difference does it make? You know, <laughs> the only attention we really want is the big self-attention. That's the soma flow we're looking for at that point. That's the only one we care about. So that sort of thing is, uh, it just all takes care of itself. Yeah. Oh, so it's good. Awesome. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. That's the summary. It's all good. You're fine. <laughs> Everything's good. Release, let go, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Enjoy, relax and enjoy. Exactly. This is a beautiful, I, I think this is my therapy episode, everybody. So. Oh, that's why we do it. <laughs> it's for us. Don't tell them. And hopefully you'll enjoy it too. Jager Dave. Jager Dave. Bye.